Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Go home, Bible, you're Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Go Home Bible, You're Drunk. My name is Justin Gentry, and my co-host is... Tori Williams-Douglas. Hi. Super excited. Okay, so I actually wasn't drunk when I DM'd you yes. about doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the podcast is not, was not a Hennessy baby. It would be okay if it was. It would be it'd be fine if it was, but because I quit drinking last April, because <laughs> I was like, this pandemic is gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> like I can't can't do all of this. I can't do it. Yeah. I well, see, I the funny thing is, is yeah, we we started this as a like drunk Sunday school kind of thing, was the idea. Yes. And then we discovered that neither of us are drinking that much, but I think you know, I think just even reading these stories and talking about them kind of makes you a little bit drunk. So I think we'll, I think we'll be yeah. okay there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I know I should have, I should have gone back and like looked at the tweets because I just, I was like in people's DMs being like, Hey, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> it was fun, but at the same time, it was also like one of those like, okay, sure. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> And you know, I'm glad we're here. Um, Me too. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun little journey. So, what we do is we talk about the Bible, and we 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 drag out our dusty Bibles, yes, and we talk very about dusty, and we talk about it, and we talk about it with fresh eyes, you know, because when you're yeah. in evangelicalism, this the book makes total sense, and when you're out of it. I mean, you the, Bible is, the Bible is perfectly clear. Yes. Yeah. The Bible is clear. That's been going around and it is not. Oh my no, gosh. Um, so and, confusing. and personally, I think it's a feature, not a bug that it's fair. not clear. Yeah. But, fair. Uh, we want to talk about it. My background, I was a pastor for 10 years. I have a seminary degree. I decided that, you know, LGBTQ people are people and we should accept. Treat- we should treat them as such. And they said, no. So I, I am no longer in ministry now. And, and I'm okay with that. What I would have to do to myself to be someone approaching their forties and still fully in the evangelical world. Mm. Um, psychologically, I don't know that I could do that to myself, but, but I'm here now. And Tori will get into her credentials as well. So we're not just like two random people. We're two random, mildly educated people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I'm I'm a Bible college dropout, so pretty proud yeah. of that. But yeah, I grew up with tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of scripture, like Bible every day, every single day. And I think I was, I think the first time I remember my mom like plopping me on her bed and she decided instead of reading bedtime stories, she was just going to read like second kings to me or something i like i was i was like a preschooler and this is when my mom started this whole thing of like we're reading through the bible every single year and she did it because that's she's a machine um nice (laughs) (laughs) like i'm i'm 50 i'm 50 percent robot so yeah we read through the bible every single year from kindergarten through 12th grade because i was homeschooled wow the whole time 
So uh, yeah, I've read the Bible several times in several different versions of it. And yeah, there's, there's definitely, I know a lot of the gems, I think, because we read through it, we actually read it, right? We weren't Mm -hmm. those like evangelicals who read like the highlights, (laughs) right? It's like the Instagram, yeah, it's the Instagram reel of uh, reading the Bible, which just, it's just the good stuff. No, it's like, we really, we really got into it. And then I also had Bible every single year because again, homeschool. So we were reading the Bible and then I had like a Bible class during the week as well yeah i went to a private christian high school and we had bible class you know yeah. where we're, we're graded on it mm-hmm. and then we would you know go to church you know i was at church a couple of days a week easily yeah. yep and then yeah i went to went to bible college got a degree went to seminary got another one you know and now that i'm out of ministry i have all this student debt that is you know it's useful, I guess. It's nice to have around. It's nice to. It's nice to know a... some things will never change. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like it's not Jesus. It's yeah. Sally May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Um, so, so we're going to talk about the Bible a little bit, yes. and we're going to talk about one story in the Bible, uh, the story of Noah. We decided we'd throw that one out there because that's the. That's the famous preschool introductory. I think most kids yeah. would say their earliest memories of the Bible are learning about Noah's Ark on the mm-hmm. flannel graph. Yeah. It and not was... even that, like it's in popular culture too, like not even yeah. as a religious like set aside, you know, it's it's like out. Yeah. In like kid land, which is weird to me. Anyway. Yeah, I think my kids might have had at one point like a little duplo or whatever noah's ark yeah something yeah 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 totally because it's a boat and animals and like yeah kids love that shit amazing yeah people eat that up and we you know put it all over our nursery and it's the genocide of the earth (laughs) yep what a heartwarming tale (laughs) yeah yeah so so right off the bat you know kids are introduced with like here's a cute story about how god killed everyone like, and it's just this weird juxtaposition. So, uh, so we want to get into it. And on Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, we tell the story and then we kind of, and we tell it in our own words. And we're not like, when, when people hear that, I can hear evangelicals now, like they're telling it in their own words. They're not using, you know, like it's Genesis 5, like six through nine. You can read it yourself. I'm not hiding something from you. Right. It's just, <laughs> it's oh just more fun to like, you know. Not read through. every single line. Yes, absolutely. And did we have a, a game we wanted everyone to play for this? Ooh, um, I that's a great question. So my um, Lacroix drinking game this week. I don't know. I think that I my my goal is to use a gender other than he mm-hmm. for talking about God. Okay. So uh, I don't know. I'm like every every time every time I I gender God incorrectly, which I'm like I don't even know what God's gender is, right? It's okay. Like he, she, it, we, they, <laughs> all of the <laughs> all of the options. Well, yeah. it is my favorite. It. It. Yeah. So so every time <laughs> we misgender God or misgender stumble God. stumble over God's gender, <laughs> you take a drink. And if drinking is not your thing, totally fine. Like I you said, LaCroix. Drink some, drink some water, drink some LaCroix, yeah. do a push everybody, up. Everybody needs to drink more water. Hello. Yeah. So, <clears throat> We're in the yeah, middle this... of this Panasonic. It is not going well. So drink more water. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so yeah, just a little fun thing. Every time we yeah. say, an an, say a pronoun. Talk about I, I'm not going to be so self-conscious oh, now. <laughs> no, don't be self-conscious. Because like any, any, any gender or non-gender applies. <laughs> Like you're both a person and a thing and like several things put together. Sometimes a place. Jesus fuck. We need to just start. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to tell the story of Noah uh, that we might break a little bit for a commentary. There are one or two things I want to talk about before we jump into it. And that is this story of Noah is mythology and it is Israelite mythology. And I don't even say mythology like it's fake. Like personally, I don't think the story happened, but it's mythology in the same way that we tell a story about George Washington 
chopping down the apple tree and yeah. like I cannot tell a lie you know it's it's a it's a story that we tell that tells about something and it has a point like all mythology I think has a point or to teach mm -hmm. something it might not be true like I don't know about George Washington whether that happened or not but I'm so. sure there were times in George Washington's life where he was an absolute ass to yeah. his his brothers and sisters and picked on him and lied. And we don't tell that story about George Washington. We tell this other story about him chopping down the cherry tree. So that's when I think about mythology. They, sold, they told this story for a reason. Like they took it for a reason. I think this is also an appropriated story that we're going to get into. There are plenty of flood myths, but every culture changes it. Like every culture changes the myth to fit their agenda and what they want to do and what they're afraid of and what they're scared about. And we do this too. Like, yes, like, absolutely. like to use a comic book reference, Spider-Man, like when Spider-Man first came out, what was the scary spider? The scary spider was a radioactive spider because everyone was scared of radiation. Yeah. You know, yeah. and now you pick up a comic and the spider is like a genetically modified spider. You know, because we're all everybody's afraid out. of GMOs. GMOs, yes. So, like, the myth reflects the time it's in. So, just be aware of that as we kind of go through. So, so we're going to jump right into this story. And if you want to follow along in your own Bible, uh, please don't if you're driving right now. But and don't drink if you're driving right now too. I feel like I need to say that. <laughs> Like, drink water if you're driving and you have yes. water with you. If you are not far from a rest stop drink tank drink of water all right so we're gonna okay. jump in and uh, genesis 6 and you know this is the we're only six chapters into the bible and everything has gone to it's hell. ape shit yes everything is yes like oh my god everything has fallen to pieces already yes everything's fallen to pieces so people are are wicked uh it doesn't really go into the details of the wickedness per se it just says that they're violent but also there are these things called the sons of God, which depending on who you talk to are, are maybe angels, maybe demons, maybe like spiritual things. And they're having sex with ladies and they're making these babies called the Nephilim and they might be giants and they might still be around and, or they might be mighty heroes. So weird stuff is happening. <laughs> like, Oh my god. You know, we're we are not too far into human history. According to Ken Ham, we're only maybe a couple hundred years in. And <laughs> like it's bad. It's bad. So my god. So God's like, I I I messed up. I cosine. My yeah, bad. Did. My bad. I messed up. And the only way to fix it is to kill everybody. So but there's this guy named Noah who says found favor in God's sight. So Noah, well, yeah, it's just, I'm, you know, this is just what the Bible says, Tori. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. Can't question I'm the just word saying, of God. Can't question the word it. of it. He was a godly man, Tori. Um, that's what it says. And he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and they will be important later, but they mostly disappear for now. So God was mad and he goes to Noah and he says, you know, I've decided that everything needs to die. He says, every living creature must die. The earth is going to, is filled with violence and I'm going to just wipe them all out. But what naturally follows is that he says, so Noah, I need you to build a boat. This is a big boat. Like it is, you know, if you look at the dimensions now, he's like, I want you to build a boat of wood that's like 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. So this okay. is not this is not an, like an afternoon project like this is this is i mean even by today's standards this would be a massive structure yeah um, yeah this absolutely is, this is, you know like 45 feet is you know f about four stories tall yeah. you know that's a couple football fields long so it's i mean it's you know or one one i don't know i don't know football what am i talking god about? was not fucking around no like this build a giant boat and then noah you know okay does what he's commanded um, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, I mean, and there's a lot of stuff about dimensions. I'm not going to go into that. I'm sure there's some lovely symbolism there Ooh. about the, but I don't care. <laughs> so he says, you know, I want you to get you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives. I don't know. Obviously, not their kids. It doesn't mention them. So because they don't have kids until afterwards. I guess not. So they don't. I guess they don't. They don't start fucking until after they get off the boat. Which 
I guess they're, not. But they're like a hundred years old at this point, by the way. Yeah, they're, just, they're hundreds of years old, according to according in, to the Bible. Incidentally, yeah, Noah's like six hundred years old, and I think at least Ham is like a hundred years old. So, anyway, Methuselah is also still alive. This is a fun fact. Methuselah oh. dies in the flood. Oh. Yeah. So apparently, the guy that lived so long that. Uh, whatever okay <laughs> <laughs> whatever 965 years you almost made it to a thousand and then god's like nope i fucked this shit up these people are alive for way too long yes. like 120 yes. max yeah max. 120 max um <laughs> most of you are gonna get like 35 yeah so and some of you are gonna die in seven days because they finished this arc <laughs> they finished this arc I, and you know, they start loading up. And I, so here's a funny thing. I will pause for this and say, like, because I always wonder, I've always wondered this, like, how did they build this thing? How did, you know, what, like a dozen people, not even that, build this thing. And so I was on Answers in Genesis today. It's mm, a great resource. Just because I do this for you, dear listener. I do this for you. And, and they explained it. They said, you know, it is not it would not contradict the Bible to think that Noah hired people to build this ark for him. And I'm like, like did you just put it on the credit card? Like, <laughs> like I'll pay you later, guys. I swear. I just like, like, oh my gosh, like that, like that, that image of trying to make this thing fit into reality so much that you're like, okay, so he had to have hired people. So he hired them. Obviously they weren't on the boat. So he hired people, closed the door on them, and was like, "See you guys," and they're dead. Like I don't. Okay, but in in like the in like the movie versions that I saw, like Noah was standing at like the door of of the boat because God closed it apparently. Yeah. Um. So he's standing there and he's like trying to like get everybody to come in, and they're just like, "Nah, like you're crazy. We don't. We're not into this." Oh yeah, I did. I remember, I saw that movie as a kid. Like, yeah. 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 Where he's trying so, to convince them, and they're just like, mm, "Uh." But no. that's that's not in the Bible. So no, it's not. Not at all. Yeah, that's something they added to make it a little more palatable for children. I think he also uh, couldn't convince the unicorns. So there is that. That sucks. Um, we almost. Um, so uh, so all these animals come in. Probably should mention those. Uh, all these pairs of animals, clean and unclean animals. They they just I don't know how they rounded them up. I don't know if they came of their own free will. I don't know how God decided. I don't know how this happened. So. But anyway, all these animals are in there and God says to pack all the food that you need. And there you go. So in the 600 year of Noah's life, you know, all of a sudden God shuts this ark up. The rain starts coming. The floods come. Water's busting up out of the ground. It's absolute chaos again. And, you know, the earth is being filled and people are dying. I can't imagine what that would be like. It seems awful. I think the closest movie... To getting it right was that Noah movie that came out a few years ago. I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, the Russell Crowe one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it was just absolute fear and panic and yeah. awfulness. Um, yep. And I think that's what it would be. You know, and I think that's why Christians didn't like it because I think it did psychological and emotional justice to this moment. Yeah, to the trauma. <laughs> to the absolute trauma that this would be. So, and they're not in there a short time. You know, it's forty days of rain and storm and flooding. According to the scriptures, the entire earth is completely covered with water. Specifically, uh, they say 15 meters higher than the highest mountain, which yes. I'm like, did Noah get the scuba gear? Like, how do we know <laughs> yeah. that it was 15 meters? I think it's like a pole, like checking. Well, anyway. and also like there's all this frozen ice, like under yeah. the water. So yeah. It's like, there's yeah. all this freezing water going up. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> And how in the world are plants surviving right now? Like, I don't know, if, um, like, because it would be pitch black uh, below the tree line. Yes. And it would be freezing cold. And there'd be, so there'd be no water that'd be completely covered for a year, probably. I don't, yeah. you know, because they're in this arc for 40 days while it's raining. And then it says another 150 days. And then it's like another 40 days of water receding. So it's, it's not a short time that they are in this mm -hmm. thing. There's, you know, I mean, you can read the story, folks. There's a bit about birds going in and out, you know. Whatever. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the olive branch or whatever. <laughs> so they get out of this ark finally. And then God says to Noah, come out of the ark with your wives and your wives' sons and 
or your, your wife's sons, <laughs> your wife, your sons, your son's wives, come on out and bring all the living creatures. Uh, it's going to be a party, be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Like, like we haven't been told this already, you know, in a couple of chapters earlier in Genesis. So Noah, you know, builds an altar to the Lord and he sacrifices an animal right away. <laughs> like, which, wasn't smart you've got a very limited supply chain here yes you've only got seven of these things you're already killing them uh but god was really pleased with this it says it was a pleasing aroma in his nose like he was incredibly satisfied yes like i love the smell of burning lamb so but then it kind of gets weird like he makes this covenant with noah he's like so uh, um hey guys i'm not gonna do that again i'm not gonna destroy the earth again Cool, thanks. Cool, uh, and, and every time you see a rainbow, you can remember this moment. And, and then it's like this weird bit of like, hey, you can eat animals now, but they're gonna be scared of you. So kind of kind of be a challenge and don't, but don't drink blood and don't kill other people. Which is, that's really interesting. Like the don't drink blood, like I get very stuck on that because blood is actually really nutritious. Like in, yeah. in, in like dire situations, it has a lot of calories. But don't drink it. But God said, don't drink it. Whatever you because... do. Because. And those are really the only rules. Like. <laughs> like otherwise, go nuts. You can you can eat plants and animals now. Don't drink their blood and don't kill other people. Peace. And then kind of God is like out. Just, yeah, he just bounces. Bounce. He, it, we, ah, she, Take they. a drink. <laughs> God's so, just like, bye, homies. Yeah, bye. On Peace. The flip side. <laughs> bye so <laughs> Noah luck. you know and so then you know Noah's got these three sons Shem Ham and Japheth and they they you know they're supposed to just get after it and you know Big make babies and so Noah and you know so verse 20 we're in like I don't even know what chapter we're in now of chapter it's nine chapter eight yeah, we're in chapter nine now it says okay. it's it like reintroduces Noah and says Noah a man of the soil like Okay, well, but, uh, I thought he was a boat man, but whatever. <laughs> man of the sea, yeah. Noah, man of okay. the sea. Uh, he planted a vineyard and proceeded to just get drunk, like after this. Which, Which okay, traumatized mm-hmm. people who just watched the entire planet get wiped out mm-hmm. by God, who is all knowing, but also fucked up the first time. Yeah. I would, I'm just saying, I would also self medicate in that situation. <laughs> absolutely yeah no judgment of noah here like i can't i can't even even just like psychologically the survivor's guilt would mm-hmm. like anyway so he's he's drunk he gets drunk and he uncovers himself in his tent so he gets so drunk like he's just letting it all hang out in his tent and then his boy ham comes along and and sees sees his father's nakedness we can talk about that we'll get into that later but this is just mm-hmm. what the bible says and then he goes and tells his two brothers who are outside, like Noah's drunk, naked, ham sees him. Hey, two brothers, come check this out. And then Shem and Japheth are all like, you know, prudes and whatnot. I've never seen a penis before. Um, Especially not their dads living on that boat for a year and a half. For a year. Like, where are they pooping? No toilets. Where are they peeing? Like, you know, and this is a tribal society. They've seen but, naked people, but right. obviously not, you know, whatever. So they like get a sheet and walk backwards to cover over dad. Noah how did wakes they not up. Step on him. I've always wondered how they I didn't don't step know. on him. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, this is this isn't a real story. So it doesn't okay, make sense. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, so many questions. So so Noah wakes up from his drunken stupor and he like knows his younger son had done something to him. Like that's questionable. Yeah. And no. yeah. So then, then he says, and this is interesting. This is the first time Noah speaks in all of the Bible. It is oh, the only time he speaks. I never all throughout that. all of this, it's God says something and Noah does as he's commanded. He doesn't even say yes. It, he has no voice right. at all. This is, yeah. this is it. So we're ready. This quiet man of God is going to speak. And so, and so he, he then pronounces a curse, not on Ham, by the way, but cursed be Canaan, who is Ham's fourth son <laughs> so he's still drunk he's, like he's the dude is still <laughs> trashed noah is white girl wasted 
up in this bitch trying to curse random people in his family. He's like, curse big uh, Canaan. Like, Who's standing close? Oh yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Lowest of slaves would be he be to his brothers. Like uh, then he also said, worthy of praise is the Lord, the God of Shem. You know, my favorite son, apparently. <laughs> may right. Canaan, may this child be a slave of Shem. Like, like may my fourth <laughs> grandkid by my second son be a slave to him. And may God enlarge Japheth's territory in numbers. And may he live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be a slave of Japheth. So like, he's like, Canaan is, you know, this fourth, this fourth son of my second son who saw my penis is should be a slave now and, and then noah lived another 350 years by the way and then died god oh god and then oh and then that's then he's done that's it that's the story of noah it's too long it's too long <laughs> too long it's too much way too so, much there's way too much going on here there's yeah there's so, so there's so much going on and when you're an evangelical child, it's like you only focus on like this tiny sliver of it. Mm-hmm. But then like the whole thing is, is, is just nuts. So where do, you want, where do you want to start with this? I mean, I feel like we should actually start further back than you started with the last verse of chapter five. Okay. Because <laughs> that's like the first time he's mentioned, okay. right? And then it starts, it starts the whole and Noah and begats and begats or whatever came in chapter five. I don't even remember. It's been been 15 minutes. Like chapter six, just immediately they jump in like, and the angels start fucking humans, not other angels. Not What is happening? Are angels only male? I don't know. Like uh, they're only, I don't know. Questions. I have so many questions. I have so many many questions. And like it, so we can get into some kind of like text criticism here but it like it very much feels like this story is stitched together from other stories yeah. like it's a bad yeah. copy paste and, and that's a legitimate text criticism theory but it's because there's just this random stuff that seems thrown in and so much of it has to you not just like suspend disbelief like you would for any other story but it's like genesis 1 god creates an ordered world that makes sense like that's that's the theme and then like mm-hmm. we get to hear not only does the world not make sense at all that angels are having sex with people there are these hybrid humans running around there's like this you know magically all this water is just going to blow up out of the ground and kill every like just like you're having to suspend all this disbelief already in this yeah. story mm-hmm. so so it so it has to have a point i think beyond being true because <laughs> that can't be it yeah, what are we supposed to learn from from the Nephilim? I don't know that anything. Like, I, I mean, it could be ancient cultural way to explain physical deformities of some way. Hmm, um, interesting. So I, I mean, there's really not a good explanation. Yeah. Because there, there are some, there, like the, I guess the more naturalistic kind of explanation would be you could say the sons of God were the descendants of Shem, who was the good son of um, Adam and Eve mm-hmm. that lived. Uh, the daughters of Earth were the daughters of Cain. Mm-hmm. So there is there is kind of a way to say like this is a way to say like you know Shem's line and Cain's line started coming back together. Cousin fucking is yeah, what, is which, that, that's what that is. Ninety <laughs> percent of Genesis is having sex with your cousin. I'm just gonna say. Like, there's just, nobody else there nobody else except those weird people that Kane just runs into you know but yeah. whatever so there could be that but then like the Nephilim like which they were the bad guys they were the real bad guys yeah so I mean they're they're basically just yeah these like spirit people and so which God is, wants to what does any of it mean I don't know I don't think this means anything Okay, so I really don't like like yeah I just think it's it's just you know the weird stuff was happening like chaos is reigning in this place you know but it's also like God seems so powerless like, mm-hmm. like you'd think God would be able to control his angels you know stop going to earth and having sex with those ladies like can you you know this is hard. I'm not asking that much yeah like you don't even have parts 
you don't even have a gender like like what anyway so it, it, uh, <laughs> like so up on yeah stuff. i can't deal with it like it's <laughs> like it's so it's just right off the bat it is so bananas yeah it's like okay god god's you know apparently phoning it in for 600 years or whatever yeah <laughs> and then he's always like oh shit which so i feel like there are several times in the text where god kind of does the like oh shit mm-hmm. yes like just in these couple of chapters yes like oh uh oh crap uh <laughs> like well. god remembered noah on the boat yeah. floating around what else is going on, God? What else could you possibly be doing? Everybody yes. else is dead. There is, at that point in the story, there's literally nothing going on but Noah and his ark. Like, that's it. And then, but God, God remembered. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm running about 6,000 other universes here. Let me get back to yours. <laughs> Where were we? We're trying to do a hard reset here. Oh my gosh, it's uh, so funny. I can't, I can't. Yeah. So honest, this is my thought as to even why this story is in here. Okay. It's, it seems to me pretty obvious and history bear this, bears this out, like that this is lifted from another cultural story that's going around. You know, mm-hmm. the Sumerians had the Gilgamesh epic, there's the Enuma Elish, there's all these stories and some are even older than that. Like they were cribbing from other stories that were even older. Right. So this is cribbing off and taking from a bunch of stories about floods. There was a, actually a very devastating flood. Uh, I think it was at the, in the, around the Black Sea region that they think maybe this myth was based off of. It was also in the, in the ancient Near East, the floodwaters were very unpredictable. So yes. them being this devastating force of destruction, is, is, that is a common motif. You don't get that in Egypt, by the way, because the Nile is pretty consistent. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the Nile is like the source of life and this like blessing. There's not as many Egyptian myths about like floods killing people as there are mm-hmm. in the ancient Near East. So, so I think it's, it's cribbed and that's fine. It, it, there are differences though. I honestly think that this is a story to kind of say like, you know, Noah, the, the best man, in all this chaos, we're descended from one of his sons, the best son, and everybody we hate, especially these Canaanites, um, is descended from the bad son. Like, this is like a way to like, you know, justify racial and cultural bigotry, I think. Um, And then then put God on it. Because if you look at like chapter 10, like the table of nations and all the people that descended from people, it's really curious yes. that like all the people, like not even, not even all the people, but a good chunk of the people that the Israelites hated, the Sumerians, the Ninevites, the Assyrians, the Canaanites, these are all like descendants of Ham. And people that they like, you know, uh, are descendants of Shem. They're, they're descendants of Shem. So it's, it's it, to me, it's a way of, of taking this cultural story of this, you know, great hero that survives this flood because God loves him so much and using his mouth to bless your people and curse your enemies. And and that, you know, and that, that was a common cultural thing to do. And now 2000 years later, 4,000 years later, it's been a minute, you know, that cultural decision is not been worked or does not do good things today. Uh, Because we still do it too. And we use this story to justify it as well. Mm -hmm. So this story was used to justify a lot of racism in the United States, which, so it's not like this story doesn't have power. I just think it was used for a purpose and it's continued to be used for a purpose. Yeah. So I think that's true. I mean, I I saw this like on this Bible history website, which I'm, how do you, how do you get this? Because I remember growing up, it was like, yeah, Shem was Asia and Japheth was like Russia, Europe, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, and Canaan was Africa or whatever. Or Ham was and, Africa, and, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, right. 
Okay, so according to this website, which again, I did not, I didn't fact check this at all, but apparently the the word in the original language, which who the fuck knows, ham sounds very similar to like brown or dark. Mm-hmm. One of those, I don't know. I can't, I can't really prove it. I can't really say, but I do find it fascinating the way that they're just like, yep, we're just going to stick everybody on content. And that's how we're going to do this. And ta-da, racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what? It doesn't say anything about this. Like, yeah. nothing. It says nothing about their color. <laughs> it, and he's a descendant of Noah. So he's whatever color Noah is. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and also, um, you can't gain melanin. Like, as you go down, like, mm-hmm. you, your body can produce more if you're, like, descendants around the sun or whatever. But you can't start with zero and then start adding it to black yeah that doesn't and that doesn't happen no and and there have been uh southern baptist interpreters that said like cain was cursed and the curse was blackness you know which is you right. know that's not problematic it also doesn't say that it doesn't say that yeah that's the thing the text doesn't say that and but the people that are like we take the bible seriously quote unquote are the ones that are like just making bullshit up about it like mm-hmm. And here's what kills me. Like, even if you look at their descendants, because I spent way too much time this week looking at like, okay, where is it understood that these people go? They kind of spread all over. You Mm -hmm. know, Ham's descendants are biased towards Africa, but they're also like in Sumeria and Mm -hmm. they're in Nineveh and they're in, you know, like, so they're like all over. They're in Assyria. Yeah, Canaan, Canaan, which is <laughs> literally snap Baghdad in the middle of Palestine, you know, um, yeah. and, and up in Turkey as well, you know, and there and there are sons of Shem that are again biased towards the Arabian Peninsula in the story, but there's ones that end up in Africa too. Japheth typically ends up around Turkey, but his descendants end up everywhere. And also, I, this doesn't feel smart to me because, like, in terms of biological, like, genetic diversity, which you kind of have to have to keep from dying off, you can't just keep marrying your cousins. Yeah. So, in this case, they're like marrying their siblings because everybody else is like gone. I yeah. don't. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, their wives are working double time to bring in some genetic diversity here. Like, that's you know, that's all I'm saying. Like, family so, tree goes straight up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like it's it was when I was an evangelical, the explanations were always, well, God, God intervened and made it different. Or genetics worked differently back then, or it was like a special miracle. Um, no. which like, okay, but then it's like you have to continue to make God break God's own rules mm-hmm. um, in order to make this story make sense. And you have to turn God into a moral monster and Noah too, in order for this story to make sense if it's literal, you know? Right. Whereas if you just accept that this is, this is a myth that Mm -hmm. teaches us something about God and teaches us something about people, but that's it. (laughs) It just, to me, like, you know, that was, that was the beginning of my deconstruction process in a lot of ways was starting to be like, okay, like, I think I, I started like, okay. Genesis one and two is mythology. And then like mm. the no story is mythology. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, like Abraham, that's the cutoff point. Abraham's real, you know? And then it's kind of like, well, maybe probably all of Genesis is mythology and that's fine. Like I, like, right. I you know, it's like so I, fa- first Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Fascinating. Like, it's such a fascinating book. And if people didn't use it to cause harm, I would be... I'm already like so into it quote unquote you get so out and in the weeds like there's no record of thousands never mind millions of Jewish people in Egypt for half a millennium like that yeah that doesn't exist and no. Egyptians kept fairly decent records <laughs> like they're sort of into that shit yeah um so it's just, yeah I'm like it's fine if these are just stories like they I feel like they can add value 
to your life, right? And give you like different perspectives and different ways of looking at things without being literal actual history, which, you know, it's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. And that's the, uh, and that's the thing I think that I, I don't think either of us, certainly we're not evangelicals. Certainly we're not biblical literalists. I don't think either of us would really even claim to be Christian anymore um, yeah. for, for different reasons, but I still find value in this book. It's just, I think if you take it literally, it does, I think something to your brain that also then becomes harmful. Yes. Like, um, yes, that. And, and that's where, I, and that's why you, you get evangelicals that, you know, coming to these very strange political positions, very strange beliefs about the earth, you know, going all in on conspiracy theories. Cause it's like your basis of reality is like base is, well, these fairy tales are real. Right. <laughs> these cultural stories that I don't even know that, that, you know, Moses or whoever, you know, was who, whoever an actual person was, let's say King David, cause there is some archeological evidence that King David okay. existed. Okay. We'll, we'll start with him. He's the one that popped in my head. I don't know that even King David was like, oh yeah, that, that Noah story is true. Um, <laughs> like, I, I just don't, I don't know that ancient people thought in the same categories we do. Absolutely. Or cared that something wasn't mm. objectively true. Yeah, because I mean, this is, this is way before the whole like Western lens of we're going to take a step back and be objective and just look at the facts write everything down just just calling it as i see it like that doesn't that didn't exist it, it doesn't exist now right it's it's a social construct that exi as, exists as a lens through which we view the world because we think it's a real thing but objectivity is not a thing humans can do according yeah. to neuroscience so yes. um <laughs> yeah I, I think that right there was they weren't they weren't looking at it that way because there was there was nothing to view through that lens because it hadn't been invented yet and, and when you take that lens and like, not just put it on the text, but put it onto the people writing the text, like, yeah. you know, you know, Moses, when he was compiling the Pentateuch, like was looking at it through an objective scientific lens. Like when you put that lens, like not just put that lens on and look at the Bible, but like force the writers of the Bible or the people that the Bible says wrote it, which mm -hmm. that's another topic altogether. Yes. Um, <laughs> Like when you put that lens on them, like as if your lens, you know, and I will, I will speak as, you know, when your lens, typically a white male lens is the like default lens that surely all the writers of scriptures must have had. You come up with some really weird conclusions about what the Bible means. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're building arcs in Kentucky to try to convince people it's true. Like, and that's hurts my heart it does, it does. <laughs> using taxpayer money yes oh oh man it hurts so and, and you know what's really interesting is i think that it, like the easiest way to demonstrate this is the way that jewish people engage with the text yes with the jewish bible compared to the way like evangelicals engage with the text mm -hmm. it, there's no overlap essentially like no. the way that they use it the way that jewish people learn from the Hebrew Bible uh, is very night and day compared to the way that evangelicals view it. And it's ostensibly the same book. I don't know yeah. how much gets changed in like the Christianese versions as we get like new, yeah. new versions of Bibles. I don't know about that, but. I mean, I would say most, most of my thoughts about this being lifted from another source for the specific purpose of justifying hatred against the Canaanites that came from a Jewish rabbi. It was a couple different Jewish rabbis that I looked up for and prep for this episode. Like, um, fuck that guy. But like, so like the way they engage with the text is very critically and they are able to read the Hebrew and be like, the Hebrew is different here and it's different here. Mm -hmm. uh, this seems like it's stitched together and this actually makes more sense over here. So it looks like they transpose this over, like they, they do right. that and they're able yeah. to do it playfully. <laughs> Yes. Like it's, you know, being critical and being playful, I think are, are two things that white evangelicals 
cannot do. So bad. So but, bad. Yes. But I think the Bible is made to be played with and to be criticized and to laugh at. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, I mean, because it is ridiculous. Like, hey, hey guys, I'm going to destroy the earth. Okay, you're off the boat. Bye. (laughs) Good luck down there. I got other shit to do. Yeah. Got about 10 million other universes to run. I'm like, wait, again, where are you going? Like, you're an absentee father, God. Yes. What is is this, like, grips you're running here? Yeah. Like, back. And then, like, you want people bend over. God's the dad. God's the dad that's like going to the corner store and never comes back. (laughs) (laughs) No, fuck that kid. Going after a pack of cigarettes. Going after a pack of cigarettes. Sega. And then, and then, then, like, 10 years later, when they go to sell the house, he shows up, like, uh, hey, I need a cut. Oh, God. Why are you like, like this? Yeah, well, and then like people then want to put these Greek categories of like being never changing on God. Mm. And like, like the God, especially in the early parts of the Old Testament, but even like well into the Old Testament, changes his mind, gets sad, has regret. Like this is, this is an anthropomorphizing of very human emotions and you, if you want to take the parent metaphor, there have been plenty of parents that have felt like they screwed up with, you know, their life or their kids or whatever. And like, would want a reset, not a violent, awful reset. I'm not advocating for that too. But like, right. like I, I imagine whoever like wrote this down is like in the middle of a midlife crisis. I'm like, oh man, it'd be great to just like reset all of it. <laughs> like, that's oh a great gosh. story. Yeah, that'll resonate hard, through the hard hard reset restart whatever that's called yeah that'll, like, that'll resonate gonna... through the ages <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah wait right what are you supposed what are you supposed to learn from the story of noah um yeah i i don't know i you know i think the way i would have interpreted it in the past is like well you better obey god or he'll drown you <laughs> right. um or catch you on fire i guess yeah he's not gonna drown people anymore but he might burn you in hell forever i mean in that that sense drowning's preferable like i'd rather you just drop the earth and drowning please 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 drown me eternal conscious torment um (laughs) but i think now like i don't know i i mean i've for me i'll just say just for me right now in this moment it serves as a cultural artifact to remind me how easy it is to put racist and tribal ideas in the mouth of God or famous people um, and all the ways that that causes harm Mm -hmm. because you see that is how they treated the Canaanites you know you get to Joshua and they're like we're just gonna kill these people and there's no remorse there's no regret there's no uh, it's just pure emotionless killing for God Right, which again, if you take that literally, that's going to mess with your personal morality. Yeah, and so like when, and when you use stories like this where Noah is cursing the descendants of these people and saying they're destined to be our slaves. Right. Then to me, the best thing to learn is to read this story and be like, wow, when you do that, when you put bigotry in the mouth of God, it does awful things. Yeah. And so be watchful of that. Like if I could learn anything from this story, it would be that. Like that's that's it. What about you, Tori? How does this story land for you? I mean, I guess now? I just find it, I just find it really fascinating. You know, I, like I don't have any, I don't have, I guess I don't have any like strong feelings about it one way or the other as, as a myth. It's cool imagery, obviously, which is yeah. why it's been turned into a bunch of movies. Yeah, and then it just gets so weird. It's Noah's just like, okay, fuck all this, getting drunk. Like it just yeah. gets so weird so fast, and then it goes to like this really dark place. Yes, <laughs> Noah's just like lost all of his cool, you know. And obviously, like Canaan, I'm sure was like, fuck you, and like never speaks to him again. Like, why are you cursing me? Like I wasn't even there. Yeah, and it just. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I guess it feels really gross to me just like being black in the US. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm actually reading a book right now um, called The Mismeasure of Man. And 
uh, essentially talking about race science, sort of. It's not really race science, it's science used to justify racism and the history of that. And obviously it goes back before Darwin's theory of evolution where people were pretty much in agreement, like, yeah, God created the planet and obviously slavery is okay because look, God says it right here you know, that Canaan's supposed to, supposed to be enslaved. Like this is, this is what God intended. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird to me. I mean, I feel like it's, it's such a stretch, but just the way that this story has been weaponized, like really kind of stresses me out a little bit. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, this, this isn't, this isn't good. Like, and what, this like, what other verses like just random wedge verses have been used to cause massive amounts of harm to other people that whatever Christian version was in power didn't like at the time. Yeah. And like it, yeah, it's almost like racists and bigots and like, we're co- just coming for anything, any justification. Cause it's like, if you right. just look at the text, if you just read it, it's not even a good justification for racial bigotry. Right. right. Or I should say specifically white racism against black people or like black people mm. being enslaved. Like, cause mm-hmm. the person that's cursed with slavery is not black and their wasn't descendants- Wasn't there when it happened. Wasn't there when it happens. Their descendants even aren't black, they're Middle Eastern. So they're not African at all. It's, it, so it's not even a good justification. Right. Like, like it, I mean, this would be a different conversation if Noah was like, I curse you, Ham, with blackness, go to Africa and be a slave. Like, it would be but, a totally but, okay, different- Okay, but that's also, like, that's what Joseph Smith actually said. Yeah, I mean, I mean sure, yeah. I, <laughs> He's like, no, that's actually, that's actually what happened is God cursed him with blackness. Yeah, like- Sorry, Mormons. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but that's the crazy thing. Like, the text doesn't indicate that at all. No. Mm-mm. But- somehow some racist somewhere latched onto that and it got perpetuated and it got continued to reiterate. And then, yeah, now just, and now, now it's taught in like, I was a conservative Christian growing up and Mm -hmm. it was just understood. Ham is black. It's taught in your textbooks. Yes. Literally. And it's taught like ham is black and then it moves on. But how that falls on me is obviously very different than how that's going to fall on you. Right. That teaching. Yeah. Um, And no, it's weird. I mean, yeah, I remember when I was when I was a little kid, I asked my dad, I was like, why do why do some Christians think that black people are cursed? Right? I'm like eight. Like I shouldn't fucking know that. Yeah. That's but not something in eight years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just it doesn't I don't see how that part of it is is beneficial. I do feel like the on the front end, like the angel orgy, like that's kind of more my jam personally. Like I would <laughs> like an invite to that party. Yeah. Um, so th- that's one of like, that's one of the most fascinating parts of the entire Bible, right? Is the beginning of chapter six. Yeah. I remember but, being obsessed with it as a kid. Like, right. Cause it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. And who are the Nephilim? Like, are they still around? Like, am I a Nephilim? Like, it, <laughs> you know, like, like, like yeah like it's just like this is this is like superheroes and Mm -hmm. giants and was goliath a nephilim but it's just so funny like this is definitely the bible was not written for modern audiences because these like things that we're like like obsessed about like it just kind of says offhandedly right yeah this is going on um so god killed everybody (laughs) like like it doesn't (laughs) Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, angel orgies, like, even demons, like, I, who knows, like, whatever's who going knows? on, obviously, a lot of it was happening, and a lot people, of it was, there were a lot people, of babies, apparently, yeah, a lot of coming babies. out of these situations, uh, yeah, a lot of pregnancies, so you look at it, and there's no, there's no answer, really, I think that's no. what, like, is also makes it so mysterious, is there's not, there's um, not an answer, yeah, there's but no, but the Bible there, is clear, I want to point, I want to like, just make that distinction. There's no answer to like the Nephilim, obviously, but the Bible is very clear. Oh, I was on, I was mistakenly, I was on Facebook today Uh um, and someone made a joke about the Bible being clear and I was kind of agreeing. And then some, you know, some guy got on, was like, the Bible's clear, you know, and then like rattles off all the things the Bible's clear about. And I was like, you know, like, you know, Jesus was crucified. Okay. The Bible's clear about that, that he was crucified. 
Sure. Uh, Jesus was resurrected. Yeah, Jesus was resurrected. Like, well, I mean, yeah, but Mark kind of just ends on an empty tomb. It doesn't really, but whatever. The virgin birth. And I'm like, and then he just kind of no. goes on. And I was like, no, no, no. no that's not <laughs> actually not very clear. Not clear on that. Uh, oh that's that's the line like yeah nope (laughs) like I I was trying to like I you know I I I have too big of a I'm too gullible I guess because it's like I I believe I I I overestimate the power of my words I don't know but I think like surely this I will I will get through get through no you're not but you know I tried uh, but it's it is it is interesting that the people are so dedicated to this idea that the Bible is clear when it's like, I don't know that you can have intellectual honesty and read it and say that it is like, mm-hmm. it's a library of books. It's not right. even one book right? written thousands of years. Of, like the, the timeline of even just the Bible's writing. Right. Is, is massive. Millennia. Is, yeah. Millennia in different time periods, different languages, different di- continents, different, different continents, different cultures, different genres different agendas behind them you know yeah yeah. and you want to try to mash that together and pretend that it says something consistent Mm -hmm. you can't and and even like you know you have paul like going back at the bible and saying oh yeah this this points to jesus like modern exegesis is like nope sorry like (laughs) paul was terrible at modern exegesis like um, so funny and anyway so yeah it's it's not clear and that's okay i think that should be okay exactly we should be okay with it not making sense a little bit and being weird and not answering our questions and having angel orgies in it and why not why the hell not and then it just moves on right i think that i think that that's the thing about like growing up evangelical is yeah, they're just so there's just so antithetically opposed to the idea of mystery, even though they have a, like a faith, which is yeah. very weird that they've kind of tried like ham-fistedly tried to make the Bible literal and scientific and historically accurate. And it is sometimes it's some of those things, and most of the time it's not really. Yeah, it's it's just I feel like you could get. I mean, this is just my perspective, having been on both sides of it. I feel like the stories are much more valuable if you're not taking them literally, right? I think Mm -hmm. that there's a lot more that can be sort of gleaned from from the text that is incredibly fascinating, right? And so again, it's like, it's very frustrating because the story is super bizarre, but it's like the fact that it ends on like (laughs) the genesis of American racism. Yes. It's like, oh, well, fuck that shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> like because people took it literally. And it's, uh, but again, it's like, I I loved that the Noah movie that came out a couple years ago with Russell Crowe because it did emotional justice to this moment. Like Noah mm-hmm. getting drunk after a massive tragedy, tragedy that not, none of us can wrap our heads around. Yeah. Like, to me, that's emotionally honest. Like, mm-hmm. You know, that is an honest and lashing out in anger at his kids. Not not a good thing. Certainly, you know, realistic. But, but realistic in that circumstance. Like, you know, and I think that those those are these human moments that I think the Bible can capture. But it's mm-hmm. but when you like try to say like, oh, you know, yeah, these people deserve to be slaves because of right. a drunken outburst. Right. Um, that wasn't from God either, by the way. Right. It was just, you know. So that, is- like, and it's so funny because it's like not everything that every character in the Bible does is good. But for mm-hmm. some reason, like they kind of select certain things that are quote unquote good or moral or whatever. And the fact that this wasn't like, yeah, Noah was, Noah was traumatized and he was really hurting. And he lashed out at his kids, but what he did was not okay. Like I was never taught that. Yeah. Like I was never taught through that lens of like, yeah, like fathers should not lash out at their children, even if they are hurt and traumatized and don't have a way to process what they've been through. That's a helpful thing to teach. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> teach that. Teach that. If you're going to teach that, if you're going to teach Noah, like teach that. Right, yeah. And and teach about how harmful your words are when you lash mm-hmm. out at your kids. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and 
not just obviously the harm in that moment, but even like spanning out generations and generations. Right. <laughs> How much that harm continued to perpetuate itself. And that story oh, got gosh. told over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then you've got Israelites that are sitting around a campfire telling the story of Noah, like those dumb Canaanites, you know? Right, like, right. You know, and, and then like the the imagery of like seeing his nakedness is also imageries for incest and sodomy, maybe. Or, mm. you know, so like Ham might have done more than just look at his dad, but there's just all euphemisms. Right. We, we don't know. But it's just like, yeah, that how those words get perpetuated over and over again as, as you know, mm -hmm. they become these generational things. Right. So don't get drunk yeah. and yell at your kids. I think yeah. that's, you know. That's a, that's a great thing to take away from this. That actually right? is. <laughs> like that. that's, it's a good, we, we, we saved it. What's it yeah. called? It's the whole, what, oh gosh, I'm not even going to say his name, but the whole like receive, reject, redeem yeah. sort of paradigm. <laughs> like, okay, we saved that story. <laughs> yeah, we saved it. We salvaged it. <laughs> Just started, with an, started with an angel orgy. Then it swooped into some light genocide. And then you've committed some light treason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then his drunken yelling at children for something they didn't even do. But we learned something along the way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so good. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Didn't drink as much as I expected. Yeah. I, but I felt a little drunk. So. Because reading about angel orgies makes you feel disconnected from reality. Yes. It's, it, it's like, there's no way to read about that and just go like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And just like move, <laughs> move the fuck along. It's like a, it's like a little, it's like a little speed bump right before you get into the story. Like, wait a second. It's more of a pothole to be honest. Cause you're yeah, like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, like, shit, what was that? Did I just hit a cat? Like, what just happened here? <laughs> I know, and then it just like moves on. It's like, yeah, so God was pissed and uh, dubba dubba dubba, his heart was troubled, which again, like that, yeah. that's something to talk about, right? The fact that God was stressed out Yeah. about the situation. Yeah, right. He's stressed out and hurting and in pain and is like, I want to destroy, I want to destroy my life. Like I'm going to well, destroy my work. And doesn't see another way out besides violence. Yeah. Right. I f I'm so fascinated by the situations where God in the Old Testament doesn't can't find a redemptive way out and just resorts to violence. I'm like that is all over mm -hmm. the Old Testament. I'm so fascinated by it because I'm like, well, you're all powerful, but you're choosing to do violence. Like, what does that say about your character? And of course, it's not God is not one guy, right? Like there were lots of different, again, like stories yeah. and mythologies that kind of got pushed together. You know, they all kind of intersected yeah. <laughs> over different times and places and continents, just like you said. But yeah, I, I'm so, I'm like, why don't we sit with stuff like this? That's like the heavy stuff. Yeah. And like, why didn't God choose to like do the whole Jesus thing then? then? Like, yeah, it's not also like, an option yeah totally an option to like go down and be like hey guys don't do that right like, like here's yeah some, no this is not working for us here's some loaves and fish and here's a story <laughs> and love your neighbor but stop like, fucking the angels <laughs> stop having sex with them angels as weird kids those are weird kids even though i kind of had sex with a lady in order to get here <laughs> like no no that doesn't count but, that doesn't count <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah. But okay. don't do that. Only I do. Anyway, so you know, God's weird. God's weird. And and I think that like if we want to again anthropomorphize God, like it's fascinating that like we continue to do that too. Yes. And it's like uh -huh. what what's going on? Oh, there's there's stuff going on in the Middle East. Uh bombs. Like right. Uh, yes. That, that's yes. The, that's yes. the solution. Um yeah. Right. So like yeah, I mean, we we would choose flooding the world, I think, to get rid of our enemies. Um, yeah, absolutely. Over doing the hard work of trying to learn who from them and trying to mm -hmm. figure out what they want and meet their needs. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, yeah. Damn, that was good. I enjoyed yeah. this. This was good. We should do this again. We should have maybe, another. Episode. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah, I'm willing to try it.
we we do have a patreon actually it's just patreon.com slash go home bible yes which is pretty basic but yeah the bible if it makes you feel drunk you'll probably you'll probably appreciate our like patron only content because it also makes us feel drunk yes (laughs) so yeah sign up for that we also are on the twitters and the instagrams as go home bible and yeah all the places all the places TikTok, not tiktok no not not yet we are on tiktok but we as individuals as individuals are on tiktok (laughs) but so yeah this was fun we should do it again awesome sounds good yeah god bless you yeah okay Okay, bye bye Thanks for listening to this episode of Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, hosted by Tori Williams-Douglas and Justin Gentry. Audio production for this episode was provided by Crystal Jeffers of Inclusion Audio. Go Home Bible, You're Drunk is part of the Irreverent Media Group. Discover more at irreverent.fm. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.